Thanks for tuning in to this message. My name is Jared Piney. I'm the online pastor here at Pathway, and I'm here with one of our worship directors and online hosts, Maddie Seitz. We hope this message is a valuable resource to you and helps you grow deeper in your faith. If you consider yourself a Christian and this message blesses you, I hope you'd consider giving back to us at Pathway so we can continue connecting all people to Jesus and helping them become his fully devoted followers. Learn more at pathwaychurch.com forward slash giving. And if you decide to take a step in your faith after the message today, simply visit pathwaychurch.com forward slash next so we can help provide you with resources and partner with you in this journey. Welcome, Pathway family, Westling, Goddard Valley Center. Those of you who are watching online to this fourth weekend of our series, Shocking, where we've been looking at five shocking things that Jesus says that have incredibly powerful ramifications for our lives. And the first week, we talked about Jesus telling us that he was the only way to God. And then the second week, we, we talked about Jesus telling us that we needed to love our enemies. And then last week we talked about that we can't serve God and money. And this week things are going to continue to get more shocking as we look at another thing that Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus said there, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now remember what we've been saying all throughout this series. Jesus said shocking things not to be able to get a reaction out of us. Rather, Jesus said shocking things to be able to get a response Jesus said shocking things to be able to shock us out of our complacency, to be able to shock us out of our status quo, and to be able to shock us into transformed living. That's why he did it. Now, when I started thinking about this uh, passage of Scripture today, I immediately started thinking about a movie that came out a few years ago that I saw called 127 Hours. And it was the true story of Aaron Ralston. And Aaron Ralston was a mountain climber who was climbing in eastern Utah when he was trapped by a thousand pound boulder that had landed on his hand. 
And, and he couldn't dislodge uh, that boulder from his hand for several days. And eventually, he ran out of water. And after he ran out of water, he decided finally that he was just going to give up and die. Because what else was he going to do? Well, after he made that decision, he started thinking thoughts about his parents, thoughts about his sister, really thoughts about the rest of his extended family. And in the middle of those thoughts, Aaron had a perspective-shifting moment. And he decided in those moments to take action. He decided to amputate his own arm. So, so Aaron, he put a tourniquet on his arm, and he began to fling it multiple times against that rock until finally it cracked and, and it broke the bone. He then took out a dull pocket knife and he hacked through the skin and the muscle of his arm. He then, after that, he sawed through the tendons of his arm until finally it was fully severed below the elbow. Aaron then, one-armed, rappelled down to the bottom of that canyon. He hiked himself out where he was later met by rescues who were searching for him. Well, I don't know about you, but when I hear that story, to me, it's just unbelievable. I mean, it's just such an incredible story of guts and of sacrifice. And when I watch that movie, I begin to ask myself, could I do that? Could I cut off my arm? Could I cut off a part of my body? And what really would cause me, what kind of situation would cause me to do that? What's interesting, if you read some of the interviews with Aaron after his rescue, he, he goes on and he goes back really to that perspective-shifting moment when he was up there on that mountain. And in that moment, he said to himself, it's just an arm. It's just an arm. And to me, that's just shocking to come to that point in your life where losing an arm really isn't that big of a deal. And so I thought about that, just that whole thing for a little while. And I started thinking about Aaron, what Aaron was thinking about. He, he was thinking about his family. And so I started thinking about my own family. And here's my wife, Chris, and our six kids and their spouses. And I thought about them, about how important these people are to me and my life. And what cost would I pay? What sacrifice would I be willing to be able to make for them? Would I be willing to lose some function in this life so that I could spend the rest of my life with them? And I finally said, yes. You see, Aaron Ralston had a choice to make. He could keep his arm and lose his life, or he could lose his arm and keep his life. And really, that's what Jesus is saying to us today, that we've got the same decision. We can hold on to that which is holding us back, and we can miss. We can miss the life that have, God has for us, or we can let go. We can let go of what's holding us back, and we can embrace something that's incredibly, incredibly so much greater. 
And that, my friends, is really the bottom line of what Jesus is teaching us here in this shocking statement today. It's about letting go of what's really holding us back. It's about sacrificing something so that we can. Sacrificing something so that we can fully embrace. We can fully embrace all that Jesus has for us. But let's keep it real today. Let's keep it real. Because whether you're a Christ follower or not, we've all got some stuff. We've all got some stuff that that we're holding on to. Holding on to that's holding us back from the real life that Jesus has for us. And I think you got to do is spend a little bit of time just searching down in your soul of what that is in your heart that's holding you back. Holding you back from really embracing all in a crazy way that God has for you. And we know those things. I think if we really search our own souls, those things that are holding us back, destroying us, and really corrupting just the very core of our souls. We know, just at the very least, that that we've got some bad habits in our life. All of us. We've got some addictions. We've got false beliefs. Pride. Love of money, right? Unforgiveness. All kinds of things that are buried down in our hearts that are holding us back holding us back and being a barrier between what God has for us and where we're really at right now. And what Jesus is saying here is that we need to cut those things out of our lives. We need to gouge them out. And for some of us, we know if we just scrape the surface like we've been kind of talking about some of these things, there's a whole bunch of them. We're just trying to scrape the surface for some of us, it's our overeating and our exercise that's destructive. I mean, we, we, we can kind of look around and all of us in some kind of way. But we know we need to take some drastic action because it's eroding away our health. And to me, the more important part is when we talk about our own health, what happens is if we don't watch our health, it disables us from being able to serve other people. That's why our health is so important is if we don't have our health, it disables us from being able to serve other people. For others of us, it is that pride, that feeling of superiority that we think that we have, that we're just a little bit better than somebody else, or our love of money, or our unforgiveness that we have towards someone that, that's, that's hurt us. But in the end, these things are all, they're hurting us, they're hurting other people. And for others of us still, it is an addiction, it's an addiction to a substance, It's an addiction maybe to pornography. It's like a man in our church once wrote me. He said, the addiction process is a slow walk into death. And in my case, I have lost my wife. I am alienated from my children. And now I am alienated from my friends. You see, the truth is, what we do today impacts where we will be tomorrow. And that's why Jesus said in in these verses, if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be able to throw it into hell. There are consequences. So, so Jesus has challenged us here to radically cut things out of our lives that, that are destructive and are leading us ultimately to a place that we don't want to go. You know, the Apostle Paul, it's interesting in the gospel or in the epistles, underscores this same kind of truth. And he says in Galatians chapter 6, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps 
what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. You see, Paul was saying once again, what we do today impacts where we will be tomorrow. Now, I know a lot of times people say, well, God forgives me for my sin, and and I'm saved by grace. And I want to tell you, that is exactly right. We are all saved by the grace of God. And when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to purify us from all unrighteousness. But the problem is, uh, people remember the first part of that verse, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But they forget the second part of the verse. And the second part of the verse says, where where God says he's going to purify us from all unrighteousness. And the purification process includes consequences. It includes accountability. It includes restoration. It includes redemption. You see, just because God forgives us of our sin doesn't mean we'll escape the consequences. Just because God forgives our sin does not mean that we'll escape the consequences. We reap what we sow. Just because I'm forgiven for my drug addiction or to my eating addiction doesn't mean that I'm going to escape the long-term consequences, long-term negative consequences. Just because a person is forgiven for infidelity in a marriage relationship doesn't mean that their marriage is going to be restored and they're going to live all happily ever after. The reality is what we do today impacts where we will be tomorrow. And ultimately, Jesus is saying here, if we don't deal with the sin in our lives, it has an eternal consequence. It's hell. Unless we don't deal, unless we deal with the root cause of our sin, no matter how much behavior modification you do, no matter how many body parts you chop off, there is an eternal consequence if you don't deal with your sin, and it's hell. You know, it reminds me, several years ago when our kids were younger, uh, I went downstairs in our house uh, one evening to tuck our oldest son Jacob into bed. And as I was sitting there in the room, I began to notice the wet outline of a piece of sheetrock on the ceiling of his room. And I could tell that there were big drops of water that were starting to form and and fall onto the floor. So I sat there in bewilderment for a moment. I was trying to kind of figure out uh, what was going on when, when all of a sudden I realized Nick, our second son, was upstairs taking a bath. And, and so I sprinted upstairs, and when I opened the door, I could see there was this massive water party going on in there, in that bathroom, and, and Nick had overflowed the tub so much that it was leaking down through the floor uh, to the ceiling below. That's what was going on. So when I realized where the water was coming from, you see, I didn't go uh, back downstairs and start trying to wipe the water off the ceiling of the room. No! I went to the source, and I shut off the water. You see, the source of our sin problem is our hearts. It's our hearts. We need transformed hearts. The only thing that will stop us from continuing to sin is a transformed heart. You see, Jesus knew behavior modification would never lead us to be able to have life transformation. Heart transformation. Heart transformation is what leads to a transformed life. And that's what Jesus is talking about here in the broader context of the Sermon on the Mount. He wants us to have transformed hearts. It's what God was talking about. Actually, back in the Old uh, Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, when, when he said this, he said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. 
I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. When our hearts get changed, it enables us to be able to live the transformed life. You see, God doesn't want just a better life for us today. He wants a better life for us forever. Better life for us forever. You know, it reminds me of a guy named Brian Welch that I did an interview with um, a couple of years ago. And if you haven't seen that interview, I really want to encourage you to go out to our YouTube channel and check it out. He just has a powerful story. But Brian is the lead guitarist for a heavy metal band named Korn. And, and Brian, in his rock and roll career, was incredibly successful. But in Brian's rise to stardom, his life got totally out of control. Uh, Brian got uh, addicted to crystal meth. He uh, lost his wife, and he almost lost his daughter. But Brian had a real estate uh, business, and he had some real estate partners that knew Jesus. And through those business partners, Brian came to faith in the person of Jesus Christ. And by Brian surrendering his life to Jesus, it transformed his heart. And then it transformed his whole life. Brian first, I mean, he gave up his addiction to, to drinking and to drugs. And then he left the band and a $23 million record contract so that he could follow Jesus and be able to move forward his mission. You see, Brian's transformed heart led him to a transformed life. He, he left money, he, he left drugs, he left stardom to be able to follow Jesus and move forward his mission. His heart transformation led him to be able to make incredible sacrifices so that he could embrace, so that he could embrace this life that's truly life that Jesus had for him. And so I want to ask you, what about you? What stands between you and the life God wants for you both now and forever? What sin, or even good thing, has so captivated your heart that, that it's standing between you and God? And what drastic action do you need to take to be able to guard your heart so that you can be the Christ follower that, that Jesus wants you to be? You know, I have some friends who've been taking some drastic action lately. I have one friend who struggled with pornography for a number of years, so he decided to, to get rid of cable television. Get rid of it. Then he put an app on his phone that tracks all the websites that he goes to. Then that app sends that list to a friend who holds him accountable for his, his pornography problem. Where I have another friend who, who struggles with alcohol. And so he makes sure that he never goes near a bar and even takes different routes home from work so he can avoid driving by liquor stores that he used to frequent. You see, they've been taking drastic action, and they made some sacrifices so that they could take hold of the life that Jesus has for them. And, and really, maybe even more helpfully, the drastic action you need to take today is to put in some place some strategies that, that replace the destructive patterns in your life with productive ones. You know, in the old school, what we call this is we call it spiritual disciplines. What positive steps and practices can you put into your life to guard your heart? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to guard our heart and to be able to set our life in a trajectory that's toward God. The Apostle Paul, he kind of said it like this. I love it. Ephesians chapter 4, very practical. 
He said, anyone who is in stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their hands. You see, you just can't focus on not doing something bad. You have to refocus your heart on doing that which is good. And that's why serving, praying, being in God's word, being in in community with other Christ followers is so important because it refocuses, it retrains our hearts in a new direction to be able to do something that's good. And as we do those spiritual disciplines and, and we do those practices in our lives, what we're doing is we're redeploying then all that energy that we used to use for sin and we're redeploying it instead. We're redeploying all that and we're instead now redeploying to be able to do something good. So what is it? What drastic action do you need to take today to be able to get free from sin, be able to guard your heart, and to be able to save your soul? What radical action do you need to take like Aaron Ralston did? And it may not be some kind of physical surgery that you do, but for sure it's a mental one. For sure it's a spiritual one. But what sacrifice, though, do you need to make? What do you need to to let go of, to get out of the way in your life, so that you can fully embrace all that Jesus has for you? What do you got to let go of? You know, there was a missionary that served in the jungles of the Amazon several years ago, and he gave his life ultimately for the sake of the gospel. And he said this. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Know today, know today beyond a shadow of a doubt, there is nothing Nothing that you can give up, nothing that you can let go of, nothing that you've got buried in your heart that is so good that it will even compare, that it will even compare to the gain that you will receive in living with and for the person of Jesus Christ. What he has for you, the life he has for you is so much greater, so much better than anything that you can ever hold on to in the darkness of your own heart. Whatever feeds some unmet need in your soul, it will never compare to be able to what Jesus wants to be able to give you. So today, I want us to pray about that. I want us to surrender that to God. And so as we begin to close right now, I just want to ask everyone, all of our locations, those of you who are watching online, just to be able to bow your head, to be able to close your eyes with me, because I want us to have these moments right now to be able to surrender that, to be able to give those things to God. And as we begin to pray right now, I know there are many of you today who've surrendered your life to the person of Jesus Christ, but at the same time, you know there are some things in your soul that are holding you back, that you're holding on to. Things that have so captured your attention that they're causing you to stumble out of the life that God has for you. And it could have been like some of those things that we've talked about. It could be overeating drugs or pornography or it could be something I would say that's a lot more of a socially acceptable sin 
lot more socially acceptable sin. Maybe something more like gossip, pride, superiority, love of money, or unforgiveness. But today, if you know there's some kind of sin, because we've all got it, big or small, that's between you and God, it's holding you back and keeping you from the life that really God has for you. I just want you to lift up your hand right now. Lift up your hand right now. If you're watching online, you can type me in the chat, but lift up your hands right now. If you know there's something big or small in your life that's between you and God that's really holding you back, that's holding you back, that you're holding on to from being able to embrace all that God has for you, praise God, hands up all over. Because we've all got it because we've all got sin. We've all got things that are between us and God. And the hope and the heart is that we'll identify those things and be able to let go of them, gouge them out of our lives. So let's pray about that right now. Well, Father in heaven, we just come before you right now. We confess. We confess our sin. We know that there's things in the depths of our heart that we're holding on to that are holding us back from the life that you have for us. And God, we want to surrender those things to you. We want to confess them to you. We want to gouge them out today. We want to gouge them out. We want to cut them off. We want to get rid of anything in our life, God, that holds us back from embracing you today, God. Help us to do that. We confess it and we commit. Commit to cut off, to gouge out, God, and to more fully surrender ourselves to you today. And we know as we do that, that we'll embrace the life that you truly have for us, not only in this life, but in the life to come. As we continue to pray, I, I want you to think about for a second the great links that Jesus went to so that you might be able to have a relationship with him. I want you to think about the fact that he didn't just cut out his eye or cut off his hand, but he cut off his entire life. He gave his life, his very life, so that we might be able to have a relationship with him. You know, in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave, that he cut off his one and only Son, so that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So know today, Jesus wants to not only give you a better life now, but he wants to give you a better life forever, forever in heaven. So don't miss this opportunity today. Don't miss these moments right now. Because Jesus is here, he stands at the door of your life and he knocks. He wants to come in. He wants to be able to give you this life that's truly life, both now and forever. And the step you need to take is to be able to let him in. Surrender. Allow him to be the leader, the savior of your life. And so I just want to invite you right now. Invite you right now. Pray this prayer with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, I know I can't make it to heaven without you. I know that I've done things in this life that have caused me to stumble, sin. But today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you to be the leader, the savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave, that you cut off your life so that I might be able to have a relationship with you. And now use my life, Jesus, to be able to go now and share your love, your hope, 
and your truth with other people. Now, everybody's head still bowed right now and eyes still closed. You prayed that prayer. You prayed that prayer for the very first time. You made Jesus Christ the leader, the Savior of your life. I want you to raise up your hand. Raise up your hand right now. Say to God, say to God that I made that step today to become a part of your family. Raise up your hand real high. Raise it up. Raise it up. Say to God, I'm all in. I open my heart up to you today. I'm a part of your family today. Raise it up. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for those hands. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you right now. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you today for my friends, my brothers and sisters right now who raised their hand and surrendered their life to you. God, you are so good. You are always at work. God, I pray that you pour down my brothers and sisters everything they need in Christ Jesus to be able to live this life, this life that's truly life that you've given to them. Lord, we love you. We bless you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.